You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? We are back with episode 65. Episode 65. So at the end of the last podcast... I had wrapped up my WSOP trip, uh, which was just a just unmitigated disaster. I mean, just ridiculous. Uh, like, ran horrible the entire trip, uh, which is fine. That's poker. You can't you can't uh, choose when you're going to run good and when you're going to run bad. And tried to get like some analysis out of it, and you know, pick the spots that I could have played better. Uh, and it come back and won a couple cash games to try to get to kind of climb claw my way back out of that downswing. So that's kind of where we left off. And Tyler, so what have you been up to in the poker world? Oh, I played a somewhat interesting session. I mean, it was one where things seemed to start off like it was going okay. I I would kind of just imagine myself being like on a kayak, just floating down the river, and then kind of like went down one rapid. Then things went real bad. Then I looked over and it was just a waterfall straight down, screaming, crying kind of situation. That seems to be a really great way to explain some of these <laughs> poker sessions for me, you, me, and everyone, actually. <laughs> but I guess let me get into it and I'll kind of tell you where, I mean, you'll hear where things obviously take a turn for me. But um, we start off, I play, I'm at Doghouse for this session and... We start a new table. They actually had quite a few tables going. This is a new table starting. Um, and we're playing shorthanded, like, I think it was maybe five-handed. Okay. And as you know, five-handed, obviously, you have to adjust your range just a little bit. Right. You're going to be, you couldn't obviously justify playing a lot more hands five-handed than if you're nine-handed. What do you think about playing five-handed then also with the straddle on, too? Obviously, when you're in that straddle, your ranges are even wider. Uh, or is it? I mean, this is gonna be difficult because I'm like I never straddle, so it's very now I can understand. I think the straddle should really just be used as if you have odds there. I mean, like say it's one three, and you got your straddling for six, right? Yes, correct. So I mean, if the raise is to say like a normal fifteen or twenty then you're more likely to call because it's only 14 more or, you know, nine more. Yeah. Well, I think most people open higher than $15 when there's a straddle. Uh, yeah, I was just using it more as just for reasoning. Oh, okay, like gotcha. basically like, hey, now you have you have a sl- you have slightly better pot odds, so you're more like slightly more likely to call. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I guess let me just get into some of these hands first just to um so, basically, just me and this one guy going back and forth for the whole beginning of the session. Um, the first interesting hand, I had, like, king eight, flop top pair. I bet... Did you flop top pair with the king or the eight? Uh, the eight. Okay. So, uh, eight needs protection, right? So, okay. I bet pretty big. I bet almost pot, basically pot. Um, I get called. So, I was like, okay, I mean, that's fine. Right. Um... The turn was like a connecting card, so I was like, that's not great, but, I mean, I think it's still okay, so I bet like 75% pot. Okay. And I'm like, well, 
you know, we're starting to kind of, you know, stack to pot ratio is not looking great at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the river, because he bought in pretty short. So the river brings in a gutter. So if you had a five, so if you have a five, you have a straight, but it would have required you hitting a six, um, on the river to have the straight with a five. Kind of get what I'm saying with that. So you, it was a four liner to a straight, but the river was not like a completing open ended or anything. It was exactly. You would have to have, you'd have to hit that, um, river, have the five after I bet pot and 75% pot. But here's a question. Like how much was his bet on the river? Like in relation to pot size. It was probably under pot. Okay. It was like $55, $60. Okay. That's a, uh, that's was, cause that, to me, that makes a lot of difference there. Um, so, well, so he donks out into me. Okay. And I call and he has pocket fives. And just, he just hit the gutter. He had called all the way down with the under pair and hit the gutter on the, such a man, such a bad hand, just a tough hand there. I mean, I can like a, I can understand the call on the flop. Wait, with with pocket. Okay, okay, you're saying from his point of view. Yeah, from his point of view, I can understand the call on the flop. Uh, I mean, all the Broadway cards missed. Wait, what? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes. And uh, so you're. I mean, it could be a, any random C bet on the turn. Seventy five percent pot. I mean, you're looking, especially two big bets. You're starting to really represent an overpair or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. That was a. I mean, something better than an underpair. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. But I mean, like I say, you, I gotta put you on something that makes sense if you raised. So I like overpair. Uh, top pair, really good kicker. I mean, and stuff like that. So I mean, you, like I say, you should know that your fives are probably no good, and that's a lot of. That's a lot of money to call down just to hit a gutter. Or I mean, I'm get. It looks like you have six outs there, not much, not many. Yeah. So I mean, that one, I mean, that one took a good chunk out. So I was like, well, that's um, not great. Um. So then the next hand, I raise preflop. Same guy heads up again. Oh God. And it's just literally going to be me and this guy until he goes home. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, or most of the hands, um, I have, I like King Jack, but again, five handed, um, I'm always the button straddle versus this guy. Okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Basically is what it seems like. Um, so I raise preflop. He calls heads up again. The flop comes queen high, um, rainbow. He checks, I check. So this uh, this is kind of interesting because a lot of times, okay, you said queen high. What were? Do you remember the other two cards or about what they were? Uh, maybe like five two. This seems like a very good card to see bet. Did you did you think of throwing a C bet here? I thought about it, but then that pocket fives hand rung right in my head. Well, he doesn't seem like a guy who likes to fold, so good call. <laughs> Don't worry. I forget right about it here on the turn. Um, <laughs> the turn is an ace. Okay. So now I have a gutter to a 10, which is not much. But um, I'm like, well, this is me all day. 
I feel like he's um, with it enough to recognize that if I bet this ace, obviously that's what I raised pretty big preflop to with this hand versus him. Okay. So I was like, I can easily rep this, take it down, right? Right. He donks for like $35. It was like $40. Okay. I had raised pretty big preflop. Right. So I think I probably made it 30 preflop. He calls. He bets 40 Okay, so he just donks into you on the on the ace. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I mean, it, I could sell all the good aces, is what I was thinking. Um, I put them all in right there for um, 200 more. I mean, this is, it's very... God, I'm trying ambitious. I mean, I will say that. I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, you like here's the thing: is in low limits poker, I don't think having the big ace, the all the good aces really matter, because just for that to matter, like someone has to be capable of folding ace five or something to your better ace, which I don't think anybody at this place is. Uh, but that being said, if he doesn't have an ace here, he should have to fold here almost every time. Because this is definitely within your range. And when you raise, and not to mention, you re- not only did you raise, but you checked the flop. Which means that a lot of, like, your queen jacks, queen kings, and stuff like that, you you don't have anymore. So you have a lot of ace-10, a lot of ace-jack, a lot of suited aces, and stuff like that. So I I kind of like this. I mean, it's definitely puts it puts him in a spot. Yeah, well, he calls with queen no kicker. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... Well, okay, yeah. Here, well, here's the other problem is this is also a guy who called pocket fives all the way down for two pot-sized bets, I guess. So it seems like this guy's just not folding ever. Yeah, he let me know about it afterward. <laughs> um <laughs> So I was like, well, I mean, at least I have four tens and three kings, I guess. None of them came. Um, so then I'm pretty, like, I don't know. I felt like I had told a story enough that should have gotten that exact hand to fold, which is the exact hand I kind of put them on. Um, well, and but this is the other thing. It's like, like so this is the thing is I think that betting for value on these low-limit poker games is just the way to go because it shows that people are just calling stupid shit because a queen no-kicker, should be a fold there, right? I mean, when you re-raise on that ace and you raise pre-flop that big, a, a ton of your range is there and it should be a fold. But, I mean, it definitely shows the amount of value that you can get on these because you shouldn't be able to get value there, but yet you are if you have the ace there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Very next hand, um, literally the next hand, I'm super annoyed. I raise uh, two, three suited. Super annoying. Uh, flop comes four, five, six, two clubs. I flop open and straight flush with the straight. God damn, you get the shit out of this flop. Mm-hmm. I bet he raises. Oh, God, this is a dream. I go all in. He has two pair. I double up there. I mean, it's obviously, That's- as those two hands you heard, I've been crippled before that, so it's not like I was doing... 
it wasn't like that gigantic double up, but I at least got some money back and I'm almost back to where I started. Okay, well, I mean, that's good. At least you clawed back. I mean, there's always a little bit of annoyance of like, why couldn't this happen, you know, a couple of hands ago when I was really, you know, deeper. But that being said, very, uh, very nice to get that. So you're not just, you know, just dwindling around. Um, then like right after that, I flop the ace high flush and a PLO hand, get called for someone's all in with the king eye flush. Oh, nice. Stack them. I was like, well, that's nice. Um, they weren't very deep, maybe $200, but you know, now things are kind of rolling, you know? So now you should be up quite a, a little bit, right? Yes. Now I'm up a little bit. Okay. Um, then I'm in the big blind. Okay. The flop is, oh, sorry. I have like queen five offsuit, right? Okay. The flop comes five, five, seven. Was it, I'm guessing it wasn't raised to you. No, it was just, just left around. Yeah. Just left okay. around. Um, five, five, seven, and you've got queen five. <laughs> so I bet pretty big guy calls. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I check this guy to my right bets pretty big. And I was like, well, there's no draws. There's no flush draw. I mean, there's straight draw, obviously, but there's no um, flush draw. So I only call. I like this. The turn bring the flush draw. So I was like, okay, well, now this is my time to pounce. I check. He bets. I check raise him all in. He calls. He has five six. I hold. Oh, very nice. Then he rebuys in for pretty deep. But I'm at the point where like, when you stack people like back to back hands, like it seems like the table's kind of getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, so annoyed that someone at the table gave him money to rebuy in. I mean, or wow. to to get deeper. So okay. Like, okay. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I have, this is, I have 10, eight suited. I flop an open-ended straight flush draw. Okay. Three ways. I turn a flush. Um, I end up going all in on the turn. With a guy who's pretty deep, who had just called off with the five six super tilted. Okay. Um, he had he turned the king eye flush to basically stack me in that hand. Oh God. That's uh. And as you know, one three limits are. I get stacked. Those chips go right in a rack and walk out the door. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems to happen a lot. Uh. I don't know. I mean, once flush over flush, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you can do there. I mean, it just, especially with that flop. I mean, you're gonna bet with that turn. I mean, when you hit the flush, you're gonna be. And I mean, it's not like you. It's not like a super small flush, too. Because I do think, like, maybe sometimes on a six high flush, when there's crazy action, maybe you can get away from it. But ten, like. That 10 jack, like 9, is pretty difficult. Like, cause, I mean, because queen, king, ace, you know, it just. Uh, ace, obviously, you're always going with. It's a nut. And king and queen, you know, there's only. There's so much that's actually below it. But yours is just right on that, where it's kind of. I mean, that's such a difficult situation. It just seems like a cooler all day. Well, so after that, now I have to add on again. So now I'm super thrilled. 
Um, tables combined. So I was like, okay, whatever, right? This guy sits down to my left, and I raise like one other hand. He gets kind of annoyed and like starts saying something. And I was like, I mean, if you're gonna get annoyed every time I raise, you're just gonna be one annoyed dude, right? <laughs> yeah. So this goes on for a while. We he kind of goes back. I mean, I would say back and forth. He just kind of keeps annoyingly talking to me. Um, what is he saying? What are you doing? Why are you raising? I thought this is a friendly game. Like, it's not a friendly game. I've already been stacked for tons of money. It's not a friendly <laughs> game. So I'm on the verge of fighting anyone. So, I mean, it's the opposite of a friendly game. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know. Tyler might be on a slight tilt here. <laughs> yeah, I'm on extreme tilt. Um, I mean, especially because, like, after that guy hit his gutter with the fives and then... Uh, he was so mad at that two, three hand, how I got so lucky after he had, uh, hit the gutter. And then I was like, Oh, I mean, I didn't even really say anything. I was like, sure, man. Um, so I was dealing with that before that day got there. seems like you are having a lot of weird table dynamics on this session. Just, uh, I mean, I don't know with the raising and people being annoyed at you for, I mean, like, I mean, I, when you're winning a lot, nobody's ever thrilled at you. But it seems like this is a little bit to the extreme, almost. Um, that's how it felt. So I was, I don't know. I was starting to kind of take a mental toll for sure. Um, so then I sit down, this guy, he keeps going back and forth for a while. And, like, I raised a hand where I had, like, ace-jack, and the flop came jack-high, and I folded. Because um, I bet he called, and I got re-raised on the back end. And I was like, I mean fine i'll fold whatever you know yeah, i think that's a good fold and then he's in there humming and hawing forever and he shows me his hand he has like jack deuce <laughs> and he's like Dude, i don't know if i can let this go and i'm just like i mean just let it go so i mean i'm just looking at him he folds i was like i mean i folded way better than that man don't worry about it you know i'm obviously he has a set there most of the time or something. I mean, something other than top pair, top kicker. Whatever yeah. uh, I bet you call. Um, so then, I mean, I think that might have annoyed him a bit. And then I was also raising. So then I re I open again to nine, nine, eight suited. Okay. He then, so I opened to, I opened pretty big here. I opened to 25. He then raises me to 100. So you must have opened after a couple limps, right? Um, yeah. Well, okay. I think there's a straddle. Oh, uh, okay. I was just wondering what the what the reason for the size was. Okay. Uh, tilt. So then, <laughs> guy behind me calls the hundred, and I was like, I don't know. I was in my in the moment. I thought this wouldn't be the worst. Obviously, whenever you and I talked about it afterward, I mean, obviously, it wasn't that great. I mean. Don't recommend doing it. I'll just tell you what happened, you know? Okay. I mean, we can sit here and talk about how bad the call was all day. But what <laughs> happened was the flop comes 9-8-5 rainbow. Uh, small blind goes to check. The dude on my right who's already raised preflop is trying to get money in the pot already, trying to bet out a turn. Like, great. So I'll just check raise him all in. He'll be fine. Right. Because I think he has aces, kings, queens here all day. Yeah, I um, agreed. Just how his action was, how he can't wait to get money in. I check. He bets like 200. Other guy folds. I put him all in. He snap calls. He has pocket fives. 
for the flop set. Um, obviously, I don't pair the board, and he gets wins a gigantic pot. Yeah, I mean, that was a... I mean, well, I mean, like, the 8-9 suited is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you could definitely be calling with worse here. I mean, but I will say that, I mean, it probably should be a fold pre-flop. But, I mean, obviously, once the flop comes, you're just done. I mean, I mean, that's the ultimate cooler. I mean, top two pair versus, you know, you know, a set. So, it's kind of a, I don't know. I mean, that's horribly shitty luck at that point. Well, okay. Here you go. So here's here's the hand that kicked me right out the door. Okay. Um, I get, I think it was ace nine suited. Okay. I raised to $35 pre-flop. Um, the flop come, uh, I get two callers, guy who has all my money, and uh, I think the guy to my right. Um, flop comes nine high, seven deuce, nine, two spades, one heart. I had ace nine of hearts. Okay. I lead out for like, um, 40 guy puts me all in, um, pocket fives guy. Okay. I mean, how much did you have behind at that point? Not much like two ten. Okay. I mean, you already, I mean, based on your response, you already know what happened and what happened. So I obviously call, I tell him I have, um, pair with flush draw. He says, you're going to hate my hand. He has seven deuce offsuit boats on the turn. I'm drawing dead to the river. I go home crying. Wait, were there two hearts on the flop? One. One. Okay. So you had, you had a top top with a backdoor flush draw. Yeah, I just did not think that a hand... I thought he would be on a draw there a lot of the time, that a hand like that would want to get more value from me, which is what led to the call, which I don't... I mean, at that point, I don't know what was good and what wasn't good, but that's what happened, you know? I mean, after the session you've had, I mean, I don't know. I, it's hard to fault this call. I mean, ace and... Oh, well, especially, you're not only is it ace nine top top here, but it's also against somebody, some guy who barely could fold top pair worst kicker to a re-raise. So, I mean, he could easily have king nine here and just be overvaluing. I don't... This is one of those that I don't really hate the call. I, I don't know if it's a cool... I mean, I don't know if it's a complete cooler because I guess you can get away from it, but it definitely... Is he ever going to have worse here? It seems like he might be overvaluing like king nine, queen nine, or something like that. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I mean, I thought wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, happens so, to the best of us. So yeah, I mean, that basically concluded my session, and I mean, you want to talk about just being all the way tilted? I mean, like I always tell someone, like I imagine, like when they're tilted so bad, they're just like upside down on the ground. That's basically me. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most tilted I've seen you. You weren't even there. No, well, I mean, like, I like, heard about it. Like, I mean, because, yeah. like, you don't get as fect- affected as much as I do by any means. But that, I mean, just reading your text messages that night, I mean, it seemed like you were just tilted as hell. Yeah, which I was. And it was, yeah, I mean, that was basically the whole thing. I was like, that's a night I could have done without, I think. Yeah, that's a... Well, we've all had those. I mean, I just had a week of those. So, I mean, definitely know how you feel. 
Uh, I guess we can go to uh, the tournament, the tournaments I did, I guess. <laughs> I was say, unless you want to talk about me driving home, I have nothing else for you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, that was it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it, I've been in kind of a tournament mood. I think it might be a just needing something new after a tough, even though I, I did have recovered a little bit from the cat on the cash games. Uh, from a rough cash game schedule. And then the other thing is, is there's never been more tournaments around Houston. Like, I mean, when you're going down the tournament list in Houston, it just almost looks like Vegas with just the amount that are going every single day. I mean, there's almost one starting every hour or two hours. Uh, so I've just kind of been in that mood. So I go to Paramount and play their tournament. Uh, the freeze out, which I do like those tournaments a whole lot. That's the Thursday one, correct? Yes. Yeah. So go there, and I am playing for quite a bit. I run up a pretty good stack, and then run queens into kings. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get rid of a pretty good stack. <laughs> yeah, it was a. And you know, for a half second, I thought about folding this, because. I three bet and got four bet on by a lady who did not seem like she plays that much, which those players, it seems like it'd be an easier call. But for what I've noticed, noticed most of the time is they're just playing a lot tighter, and I'm like, I mean, am I ever good here? But I end up making the call, and she had kings, just kind of like. I was, I mean, let's just say I wasn't shocked to see I was behind. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. You're not surprised. Uh, that takes a pretty decent uh, uh, portion of my stack. I then just run really well. I mean, I flop like a straight like twice and run a pretty damn good stack up very uh, over the next hour, hour and a half. Uh, but then as tournaments go... I run, I flop a, I flop middle set. A guy jams for all the chips, all his chips. Decent amount, too. Let's say, whenever you were going over the hand, to me, it was definitely more than half your chips. Right? It was quite a bit. Uh, This one was, it was quite a bit. Yeah, it was probably, it was probably right about half my chips. That sounds about right. Uh, he jams. I obviously snap call. And I mean, just have him dead right. He was complete bluffing on a gutter. Uh, the first card off the deck is a jack for him to hit his gutter. And there is no board pair. Cripples me pretty big. Uh, so that was pretty tough. Very shocked. I mean, he's, he, had, he had a big enough stack that he really does not need to jam there. Especially like in the freeze outs, you don't really see that that often, right? That was one thing I agreed. Like on the freeze out, like, and you could say this is good or bad, but the play is not as ridiculous as the rebuys, where it's just people jamming with bottom pair and, you know, five, eight suited and stuff like that. I think it's better. I like the freeze outs more than the infinite rebuy. Um, I also think I like it better, too, because you get a pretty good starting stack, too, correct? Yeah, you definitely do usually get a uh, a bigger starting stack. Uh, I like them a lot better. I mean, we me and another guy were going back and forth, and I was saying I like them a lot better because 
even though the prize pools are usually a lot smaller, you're also going to be less, there's going to be less variance because you're going to win more often, basically because the fields are just smaller. So, I mean, when you're playing one person, you're just playing one person. You're not playing them enter entering four times. So, I do like the freeze-outs a lot more. Uh, then I win back a little bit, but I'm still fairly short. Uh, another player jams, and he's pretty damn short. I have ace-king. I jam over the top of him. Goes around to a player who has us both covered, and he he calls. I am loving where I'm at, and the short player uh, flips over ace four. The other player flips over ace ten, and I'm good all the way to the river where the river is a ten. And you had made a pretty deep run in this tournament at that point. I was I was there for quite a while. I mean, it was it went down to one table not long after I after I got knocked out. I mean, well, yeah. And so that obviously took you all the way out of the tournament because we had covered you, but. Whenever you were texting me how many players were left and how late it had been, I was thinking this could have been a pretty deep run here, but, I mean, obviously not. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was close, though, right? Like, I mean, it's one of those ones where it's, like, it's kind of teetering on, like, you know, you're kind of doing, you're rolling, things are going your way. You've made a pretty deep run, which... Kind of the way tournaments. I was go. about to say, which I mean, makes that's what makes tournaments so tough, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably what makes them the most makes them fun and makes them frustrating as well. Is you can be so short and just run up a stack if you get a couple all ins that go your way, and you can be so. I mean, you could just be running through it, and a couple hands go badly as the blinds go up, and all of a sudden, I mean, disaster strikes. Uh, but I. It is fun. Uh, I didn't find another one, and you, me and you always kind of complain a little bit. I guess after that tournament, you didn't play cash. Probably not, right? After because you were playing that tournament for a long time. So I guess I always plan on playing cash after, but after playing the tournament, I'm usually just done. Well, if you make a deep run like that, and then because you obviously bubble, not stone bubble, but you were not in the cat in the money on that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I feel like after that. Probably just good to call it, right? You would hate to have a story like mine, right? I mean, hate to have any losing story, but it's a. Uh, we so the next I me and you will complain a lot because we don't we can't do a lot of the bigger tournaments because we work weekends. Because I mean, Houston has so many really good sized tournaments, but the day two, the final flight is always on Sunday. It's a uh, so we're kind of stuck. I found. If you're looking for a good one-day tournament, Texas Card House, it seems like every Friday, has a $15,000 guarantee. Pretty big guarantee for a one-day tournament. For at least a weekly tournament, right? How much is the buy-in? Uh, it is $130. Ooh, I was going to guess way more. Well, there's an add-on that's damn near mandatory. Because I think it was... 25,000 chips, but for a $100 add-on, you get 50,000. So, this is so this is when you uh start the tournament, correct? Or is uh, this like at the break? So the add-on can be done all the way up until registration is over. Once the registration's over, you can so like you can even you can add it on at the very beginning and just play super deep. 
you can see how you do and add on at any point in time. Even if you, from what I understood, from what they told me, even if you get knocked out, you can use your add-on right there. And is this a freeze-out? This is, no, this is a rebuy tournament. Okay, so what would the advantage be of using, oh, I guess, so if you bought in, it would be 25000 If you use your add-on, it would be 50000 Yeah, 50000 for 100 And the the original buying is a hundred as well. One thirty, you said. Right for twenty five thousand. That's a pretty cool option that they give. It is kind of interesting. I th- I thought it was pretty cool too. Uh, I elected to just buy it at the beginning because I would much rather just play this tournament that that deep. Right. I I like that. I think that's the approach I would take too. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I run pretty damn well in this tournament. Uh. I. At the very beginning, I end up getting uh, pocket kings, raising to a thousand, and flopping top set. I get donked into. I just call. I mean, it was not. It was a pretty dry board too. So I just call. Uh, the guy bets again. I just call, and then at the end, he checks, and I bet fairly, fairly big. And he ends up folding and showing that uh, he had two pair. He flopped two pair. What a fold by him, huh? Yeah, it ran out. To, it ran out to a crappy hand for two uh, two pair, but still pretty good fold. I mean, it was a. Uh, I mean, he he let me know. He complained about it forever. He's like, I shouldn't have let because I didn't show my hand. It didn't go to showdown. He's like, I should just be betting. You just caught up the entire way. I mean. So I was like, okay. I mean, too bad he didn't boat, then he would have found out, huh? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, so we have that hand. I had another hand where I flopped top pair and get three streets of value. I mean, uh, I flopped over pair and got three streets of value. Uh, it was just running really well. And then it's one of those that you kind of get whittled down. You know, you get a just no big hand hits you well it's kind of a mix of getting whittled down and the blinds going up well yeah that's what i mean (laughs) yeah i mean you kind of you like you go long enough by just like not by you know either going card dead or missing and the blinds going up and all of a sudden you know i was pretty deep i mean it was after registration and uh, i wasn't pretty deep i had like 25 blinds and we're like 25 30 people from the money so it's one of those that a very like it's always that awkward spot you find yourself in but this would be a spot where you would probably say like whenever you're playing online or something i'm telling you like where i'm at and those satellites you're gonna have to make a move to make the money to hit the money right yeah you're definitely not gonna be able to just sit there and fold your way down into the money right so that's kind of where you're at you're at the spot where you know you have to make a move at some point yeah it's a so i end up with ace jack and going a uh, a player goes all in. He's got less than ten big blinds. He gets called by another player, even less than that. Comes to me, and I'm like, these I got these players' ranges crushed. I believe this is this is a mistake, which I did. I should maybe be making this call from like the button, or if I have the big blind. The problem is, is I am still too early to be making this call. I end up going all in. Or 
too early to be making this jam. Yeah, uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I go ahead and jam, and then I get re-jammed on by the biggest stack at the table, and I'm like, this ain't good. Uh, comes around, and sure enough, I had both of the short stacks beat. They flip over ace-10 and ace-3, but the uh, big stack had pocket kings, and of course, almost all the aces are gone, so I'm pretty much drawing dead. And that was the end of that tournament. So, it's one of those things, you know, tournaments are, to me, more fun than cash games, because... There's more excitement, whereas cash games can be such a grind, but they're also so frustrating. Whereas, because cash games, it feels like there's a bigger skill ceiling, whereas tournaments, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot more pre-flop, you know, where pre-flop matters versus on the flop, because the blinds are just so short at certain at certain uh, aspects of it. No, absolutely right. It goes from cash game where uh making moves on different streets is an option to where making moves pre-flop is more where you're at um in the tournaments correct that kind of what you were yeah that's what i was trying to go for uh just the and knowing the different situations based on everyone's stack size just it's almost a completely different game in the same game right it really is there's there's just so many differences to it uh but it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it but uh and I will say this: I'm really happy with the amount of tournaments we're getting. Did you know I saw a, the one, uh, 101 uh, Richmond has a PLO tournament that starts at midnight every. That's every cool. Night? That's kind of cool. I was like, just cool to have that option. Whereas, I mean, you would never have that option before. I'd never even seen that. Maybe we go jump in that at some point. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was just kind of throwing a, going on Poker Atlas and saw that, and I was like, that's pretty cool. But I think, well, my deepest tournament runs PLO tournament. Or a round of each. Uh, we have a specialist now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My key to success was I went all in with a junkie hand because I had to make a phone call and a five-way all in, and I scooped. Uh, if there's ever <laughs> ever a perfect description of a PLO tournament, that sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that is the perfect description of PLO right there in general. <laughs> yeah. So, my phone call got ignored. I made a deep run and had a pretty big cash. But, um. I mean, that's all I got. Do you have anything? I mean, I'm still battling tilt, trying to get right side up before I go back to the table. Uh, I guess we can. T- uh, I'm going to try to play some cash. We, uh, I mean, not that the listeners care. Me and Tyler have been doing a ton of overtime over at work, so it's kind of cut the poker short a little bit. Uh, but I am off the rest of the week, so I will try to knock out some cash games or tournaments. Probably going to jump back in the cash game. I still want to make tournament a small part of my poker playing. Uh, so we'll kind of see where I end up and how that ends up going. So we'll just kind of stay in tune for that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, uh, what's it called? I don't know. Like, I feel like I just show up on tilt right now, so I'm trying to think about other things. But I feel like when I go to cash, I might as well just walk around the poker room and hand people $100 bills. I mean, on downswings, that's exactly what it feels like. On an upswing, it feels like you literally have a money printing machine. And on downswings, it seems like you are just, I mean, you can't do anything right. You are hemorrhaging everything. Yeah, well, I mean, no better statement than the podcast on than that. (laughs) I mean, mean, 
It's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll put that on my shirt. All right, this concludes the Textbook Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.